Ted Zion Tammuz, Tafshinayin Zion, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Great Yonatan Razel, off of his brand new album, Poteach Lev, opens up 
this week's edition of the Israel Show with Nafshenu Chikta. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, and whenever you want to listen to us, on demand, that's right, on demand, whenever you demand it, you can have it, via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available free, of course, for iPhone and Android, and on the website, NachumSiegel.com. You can listen wherever you want. You go to the archives, you can download it, you can listen. You can do the same on your iPhone. You don't have to use it. You can download it when you're in Wi-Fi, and then listen to it when you're on the road or whatever. So it's very convenient, very comfortable for uh, everybody to uh, to do. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And on the Facebook page, we post lots of stuff. Not too much. We don't want to overwhelm. But we'll post links to all the songs that we played during this edition. We'll post links to them. YouTube videos, so you can listen to them and watch the videos and listen to them whenever you like. And we post uh, every once in a while something that we think you may not like you may not see otherwise and you may like to see so facebook.com slash the israel show facebook.com slash the israel show coming up what i think is uh, going to be our unique take on the unesco decision we're gonna talk a little bit about this uh, amazon banning this is amazing a um a best-selling book about the Palestinian uh, history of the Palestinian people from ancient times till till today, and and what that's all about. That's really something. <laughs> a story that you're not going to hear much about anywhere else, I would think. Who knows? And um, hopefully, we'll have time also for uh, a little bit of um, th- some thoughts. I should say some thoughts, some insights about the Prime Minister of. Uh, India's visit to Israel. So, lots of stuff coming up. Stay tuned. We got a brand new music, more brand new music. This is your ear levy. Not only is it brand new music, it's a uh, relatively new music personality on the scene in Israel. Yair Levy, Shuvlin Shom. It's the name of, it's the title track of his uh, album. We've played a little bit of him before. He's good. He's really good. He's very talented, and I hope he is successful. So Shuvlin Shom, Yair Levy, here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show. Shelet, <laughs> Ma 
Great stuff. Shuvlin Shom, title track of Yair Levy's new album, Out of Israel. A uh, young artist, just finished uh, seven years of service in the Israeli army and uh, is now trying his hand in the music field. And boy, I got to tell you, he's talented. And if you want to help, I mean, the album came out with support of one of these crowdsourcing uh, funding uh, things. If you want to help, you can go to iTunes, and uh, if you like one of the songs, just um, make a purchase. I'm sure they'll be happy to see that in Israel. So, if um, you're interested in Israel at all, you probably know by now that UNESCO, which stands for the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, declared... The uh, old city of Hebron, the area, Marat and the area around it, as a quote-unquote Palestinian World Heritage Site. That is the um, that's the headline uh, from many places: New York Times, uh, AP. Uh, you know, you just go online. It's it's one after the other, all over the world, and of course, everybody is saying this is a ins- an insane decision uh, 
how can the United Nations claim that Ma'arat HaMachpelah is a Palestinian historical site when we all know that b- way before that, it was, a, way before the advent of Islam, it was a Jewish heritage site, as it says we can all see in the Bible. And the Prime Minister of Israel began his government's um, meeting this past Sunday, yesterday. Every Sunday, the government of Israel meets. He opened it by putting on a kippah, taking out a Tanakh, and reading from Parshat Chayei Sarah about how Abraham purchased the site of Marat HaMachpelah for a nice amount of money from Ephron HaChiti. And then he went on to say how crazy and ridiculous, if you will, this uh, decision is trying to disconnect the Jewish people from Marat HaMachpelah. And when I initially heard, heard it, I said, wow, finally somebody's getting the message in Israel that instead of trying to justify ourselves with all kinds of acrobatics, verbal acrobatics and so on, somebody gets up and says, you know what? You know why this is a Jewish site? Here, because it says it in the Bible. This is it. This is the real reason. This is the deed, D-E-E-D, to the spot that we're talking about. The famous Rashi at the beginning of, uh, of the uh, Sefer Bereshit. In fact, I was reading a uh, biography of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and his connection to the State of Israel, and he, he says, the Lubavitcher Rebbe always said, don't try to explain our connection to Israel with all kinds of uh, things that you think will sound good to the guy. Just say, it, this is it. This is our land because the Torah says so. And we, we, weren't, we haven't been great at that. There have been those who are better and those who are not as good. And that was my initial thought. Wow, that's amazing. The Prime Minister is getting up and saying it. And then I thought about it again. And then I went to look at the UNESCO decision. And then I went back to look at the history of this situation. And I got to say that I have a completely different take on it. The fact is that Benjamin Netanyahu, specifically Prime Minister Netanyahu, is really the last guy if you know what I'm saying, I don't, I don't mean to deride him, is the last person that can get up, read from the Tanakh, and speak about how Hebron has this strong Jewish identity and no one will rip it away from us and so forth and so on. We'll get to that. I'll explain that. Let me first take you through the process. UNESCO, this United Nations Agency, right, Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, one of the things that it does, and and if you think about it, just for a second, if we can detach the whole UN craziness that we know about, just think about it, it's not a bad idea. They they declare certain sites around the world as uh, world heritage sites, and those sites get certain protections, so to speak. 
For example, archaeological sites all over the world that can be damaged by by construction in the vicinity, by air pollution in the area, by all kinds of things. So UNESCO will say this is a uh, will will say this is a World Heritage Site, and as a result, um, there's certain protections which uh, we afford to this uh, to this site. By the way, UNESCO has declared uh, numerous sites in Israel as Israeli World Heritage Sites. For example, Masada. Bet you didn't know that Masada is a World Heritage Site. The old city of Akko what they call the White City of Tel Aviv, Tel Megiddo, Tel Chatzor, Tel Be'er Sheva, um, all the Tel Maresha, Bet Guvrin, Beit Sharim, the famous, uh, the place where uh, Rabbi Huda Hanasi is buried, a, um, it's a, what they call an Acropolis, a place where burials took place above ground. Many people still go to visit there. Beit Sharim. All these places UNESCO has uh, declared to be World Heritage Sites. And that's the idea behind this World Heritage Site Declaration. Now, what happens? When they declare a World Heritage Site, they declare the country which is responsible, so to speak, for the maintenance, for taking care of it, and so forth, the country that's, that the site is in. Now, usually that's not a problem, because if you say Masada, it's in Israel, and if you say uh, the Pantheon in, in Greece, it's in Greece. The problem becomes, in a world that, surely in the United Nations world, maybe also in a, in a more general world, that sees in Yehudan Shamron, quote-unquote, occupied territory, and it sees in Hebron not a Jewish city, but an Arab city, a Palestinian city, what will be, according to their thoughts, a pa- part of the Palestinian state. So their declaration, therefore, is that Marat and the area around it, is a world heritage site, but it's a Palestinian, meaning it's in Palestine. For example, if there is, if there is or would be, and I'm sure there are, I didn't check this out, um, Jewish sites, let's say there's a, a shul in Italy that they want to declare a landmark, right? It's like you have here, you have it in New York as well, landmark. That they want to declare a World Heritage Site, they won't declare it a Jewish World Heritage Site, or an Israeli, they'll declare it an Italian World Heritage Site. It doesn't mean the Jews have no connection to it. Now, where does the problem start? And let me make it clear. Again, the United Nations is insane. It is the den of, of hypocrisy like no other institution in the in the world, in existence. And, and they're... they're insanity of governments that are totalitarian dictatorships sitting around and judging Israel is is truly Kafkaesque. It's 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 sort of like in some other realm. But it's important for us to know what the arguments are so that when we try to argue back, we know what we're talking about. Because if somebody says, well of course they declared it a Palestinian World Heritage site, where is it? It's in what they consider Palestine. 
and even if it has connection to Jews, they they admitted that it has connection to Jews. Now, I went and I read the declaration, investment, whatever it's called, of UNESCO. It's on the website. You can go and read it. It it does not in any which way give the Arabs or the or Islam recognition as the only um, the only religion that has a concern about Marat HaMachpelah or Kesher or connection to Marat HaMachpelah. It says that it is holy to Jews and to Christians and to Muslims. It doesn't give much. It explains it's the, 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 the place that the, the burial place of the patriarchs and the matriarchs and so forth. It doesn't give very much explanation about our connection to the place, our meaning the Jewish connection to the place forever and ever. But it also doesn't say that it is specifically a Muslim site. See, that's the piece that I think people are missing. Separate two things. It declared Marana Machpelah a world heritage site, and then it declared that it's Palestinian, meaning it's in Palestine. But there's a third issue, and this, I think, is the issue, and this is the point that we have. It said that it's an endangered site, and that's a different status that gives it a different legal status in the eyes of the UN. It's an endangered World Heritage Site. And that is a total lie. And UNESCO committee went and checked it out. And it's clear that it's not endangered. And it's clear that Israel is doing everything possible to... Uh, not everything possible, but do- doing more than everything possible. Ridiculously bending backwards to show the Muslims... Um, to give the Muslims as much independence on uh, in Marana Machpelah, uh, the limitations on the Jews are a, a, a bit above and beyond in Marana Machpelah. So, the fact that it called it endangered, why did it do that? Because the Palestinians wanted to get this rushed in. Usually there's a long process to get a site declared a World Heritage Site. And the Palestinian Authority wanted to, to, to fast-track it. And the only way to fast-track it is if you can say or prove or whatever you want to call it that the site is in danger. So you got to hurry up and, and give it this, this uh, put it in the category of World Heritage Site because if you don't hurry up, it's in danger. It's gonna, who knows what's going to happen to it? And that's what they did, and of course, the almost automatic Muslim majority gave it the okay, the thumbs up. After this uh, musical break, we'll tell you why we think that Benjamin Netanyahu is not not with clean hands, let's put it that way, in this, um, in this situation, okay? So, what are we going to listen to now? How about Yehoram Gaon, at Bat This goes back quite a while. I think 1979 or something like that. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shamati Pai, Shira Merikai 
והוא מאוד מתאים גם לך גם לי. והוא חוזר כמו חלום ליל קיץ, את בת 16, את יפה ואת שלי. את בת 16, את יפה ואת שלי. את השמיים והארץ בשבילי. ועד יומי האחרון בסוף לילי, תמיד אראה אותך כך מימולי. שאת בת 16, את יפה ואת שלי. שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי. כולם קינאו בי, כי אין מי שתדמה לך, וכך אמרתי לך תשתתי. איש לא ייגע בך, אפילו לא המלך. את בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, וכך באש האהבה אותך סובבתי, ולא נתתי לאף איש להתקרב. על קיר גדול בעירייה את שמך כתבתי, שכל העיר תדע את מי אני אוהב. בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, את השמיים והארץ בשבילי. יומי האחרון בסוף לילי, תמיד אראה אותך כתבילולי, שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי. וחכנים, שיר אמריקאי, תודד לי בכבישים ובשבילים. וטוב לי שהדרך ארוכה היא, את בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי. יא, בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי. את השמיים והארץ בשבילי. ועד יומי האחרון בסוף לילי, תמיד אראה אותך כך מימוני, שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, שאת בת שש עשרה, את יפה ואת שלי, שאת בת שש Yoram Gaon with one of his classics, At Bat Shesh Yisrael, off the album Yoram Gaon 79. My name is Meir Wagat, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in, making us a part of your day. So, we're talking about the UNESCO decision. The uh, Prime Minister of Israel and so many others, um, of course, remarked about the insanity, so to speak, of, uh, of the decision. Um, two things that I, have, that I was thinking about regarding the Prime Minister's statement yesterday as he opened the government meeting. We're going to play the beginning of that statement for you. As mentioned, the Prime Minister, Prime Minister Netanyahu put on a kippah, took a Tanakh, opened it up to Parshat Chayi Sarah, and started reading as follows. I'm going to read from the book of Parashat Chayi Sarah. 
וישמע אברהם אל חברון, וישקול אברהם לעפרון את הכסף אשר דיבר באוזני בני חטא, ארבע מאות שקל כסף עובר לסוחר. ואחרי כן קבר אברהם את שרה אשתו אל מערת שדה המכפלה על פני ממרא, היא חברון בארץ כנען. ויקום, ויקום השדה והמערה אשר בו לאברהם לאחוזת קבר מאת בני חטא. הקשר בין עם ישראל וחברון ומערת המכפלה הוא קשר של קניין והיסטוריה שספק אם יש לו משל בתולדות העמים. זה כמובן לא הפריע לוועדת המורשת של אונסקו ביום שישי לקבל עוד החלטה הזויה. היא קבעה שמערת המכפלה, אותה מערת מכפלה, היא אתר מורשת פלסטינית. בעקבות ההחלטה הזאת החלטתי לקצץ עוד מיליון דולר. אוקיי, אז הוא עבד מהפסוקים, ואונסקו So this is where I think we get into, into bad uh, territory. Because that's not what the decision was. The decision was that it is a, a World Heritage Site, and according to them, it's in Palestine. Is that bad? It's horrible. Is it ridiculous? Yes. Is it typical of the UN hypocrisy? Yes. But the part that I think we have to be most bothered about is the fact that they said it's in danger, meaning Israel doesn't allow, is, is not taking care of it. So this is nothing more than a political ploy by the uh, Palestinian Authority and so forth. And we do have to get up and we do have to yell and scream about it. But we have to be precise about what it is. It's a lie. And we should say it's a lie because, A, it's not in danger. B, you can't say it's in Palestine when there is really no official state of Palestine. Ah, but here's the rub. And this explains why all this stuff is happening in UNESCO. There are many, many United Nations agencies, in addition to the United Nations General Assembly that we all know about and Security Council that we all know about, there are many agencies of the UN, UN Health Organization and others. UNESCO is the only, to the best of my knowledge, the only organization that accepted Palestine quote-unquote, Palestine, as a full member, as a, as a country, as if there was such a country called Palestine. This w- goes back to October of 2011. They voted to admit Palestine as a full member of UNESCO. Meaning, according to UNESCO, now this is, you got to think like a little, like Gemara, According to UNESCO, Palestine is a state. Now, I don't know how UNESCO would determine where the boundaries of Palestine are, but, but for sure, UNESCO believes that Hebron is in Palestine, as it does believe that the eastern part of Yerushalayim, the old city, Harabayit, the Kotel, and so forth, they're also in Palestine. And so the Palestinian Authority is now using that 
recognition that it has in the one place, the one U.S. Uh, U.N. agency that it has recognition as a state, it's using that to try and gain all kinds of PR uh, um, advantages. Now, some say, look, UNESCO is just going downhill. Because it's accepted this, because it's doing these, making these ridiculous resolutions, America withdrew from UNESCO. Israel's withdrawing money from UNESCO. The rest, other countries might do the same. UNESCO will fall apart, and it'll be an example for other UN agencies not to go in there, in this down this road of accepting Palestine as a, as a full country. Okay, whatever that could be. But there's another reason, I, I, and I think this is the crux of it for us, for us internally. January 1997, it's over 20 years ago, Israel agreed to what they called, quote-unquote, the protocol concerning the redeployment in Hebron, or the Hebron Agreement, signed between Israel and Yasser Arafat, under the supervision of Secretary of State Warren Christopher, in which Israel withdrew from almost all of Hebron and made it part of the Area A, as we call it, which means totally under the control of the Palestinians. It, of course, left a small part of Hebron not in Area A. Tiny, including Marana Machpelah, including the area of, of um, where Jews live now. But it was Benjamin Netanyahu who ultimately signed this agreement, didn't sign it, but agreed to this. He was the Prime Minister of Israel on January 17, 1997. He agreed that Israel withdraw from almost all of Hebron, making it, quite frankly, almost untenable in any normal situation for Jews to live there peacefully. So now Benjamin Netanyahu is, is reading to me from the beginning of Chaye Sarah, really? I mean, people have a short memory, it's true, but really? Where, 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 were, you, uh, where were you 20 years ago with, uh, with Chaye Sarah? So, just to make it clear, I think, it's a, I think this decision, just like almost all other decisions by the UN agency, are ridiculous, insane, surreal, not connected to reality. I think we need to know for ourselves that the most dangerous part of this I, I think at least, is that it's been declared a, a World Heritage Site that is in danger. That means not being taken care of properly when we know that's a lie. The fact that it's being called a Palestinian World Heritage Site just says that UNESCO believes that it is in the territory of what they, what they recognize as a country that doesn't really exist called Palestine. But that's in their world, in their sort of like make-believe world. And as we said, UNESCO is the only country, is the only UN agency that, that accepts 
the Palestinian Authority and Palestine, so to speak, as an actual country that exists and gives it full recognition. The brothers of Yosef look at each other and say, but we're also responsible. But we are responsible. We are guilty. Where have we been for the last 50 years when it comes to Hebron? When Jews tried to return to Hebron, the Israeli government pushed them out, pushed them to Kiryat Arba. Later on, even Menachem Begin's government did not allow for any major Jewish settlement in Hebron, in homes that belong to Jews. So for 50 years, we kicked Hebron down the road. And at some point, the road is going to run out. So let's also look at ourselves. Aval Hashem as well. We are also guilty of part of this. If you want to comment, you can do so on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. That's available all the time. During the show itself, on the Nachum Siegel Network app, you can comment there as well. I'd like to hear your opinion. If you differ, if you have other opinion than what I've expressed, this is uh, somewhat controversial, please feel free to do so. Um, even though the yard site was a while back, it was about 10 days ago or so, of Yoni Netanyahu on the Hebrew calendar, the Prime Minister and his family went to visit the grave site yesterday. They... Um, put up some uh, pictures on the Prime Minister's Facebook page. So it just got me thinking that we didn't play Eretz Tzvi over the last few weeks. And uh, this is the song about Yoni Netanyahu, if you will. And it's a song that speaks so much to the young uh, people in Israel, to the teenagers who are seeing themselves in the role of a Yoni Netanyahu, of somebody who's ready to sacrifice his life and go to the Israeli army. This song has inspired a uh, few gen- uh, like two generations of young uh, young men and women who um, who took the message and and feel it in their bones. So this is a relatively new edition. Ishai Rebo singing Eretz Tzvi. It's off of Nigun Israeli. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Ishai Rebo with a remake of Eretz Tzvi. That is, uh, wow, that's a beautiful one. We've we've played over the years also the the newer version of Yehoram Gaon, which included the uh, additional paragraphs added by the author of the song uh, in memory of Roe Klein. So this is really... It's an inspiring song, you know. Song music, songs can inspire, can make a difference in people's lives. Um, let's see. So Asaf Vol is a uh, Israeli uh, young young commentator, satirist, I would say, also. And uh, he put out a book in English. The title of which is A History of the Palestinian People from Ancient Times to the Modern Era. And it actually um, did pretty well. And uh, made its way up on the Amazon listings regarding books of um, books regarding the Middle East. And then suddenly... Amazon pulled the book. They no longer allow the book to be sold. Isn't that crazy? Now you may ask why. What was in the book that made it so objectionable? Well, the answer is sort of, there was nothing in the book. The whole book is a gag. The book is empty pages. Just empty pages. 120 pages. They call it a comprehensive and extensive review of some 3,000 years of Palestinian history. Now, the idea is very cute. And a lot of people actually paid money for it. Probably as a, as a gift or as a, a coffee table book, at, uh, start a conversation and so forth. 
And now suddenly, Amazon takes it off. No longer selling it. Why? They claim, they sent him a message, and they claim that during a quality assurance review, we found that your book um, results in a disappointing customer experience. Indicators of a poor customer experience may include customer refunds and feedback. As a result, the following book is being removed from sale on Amazon. Now, here's, here's the rub, if you will. It is so clear that that is not the reason that they pulled the book. And I'll tell you why. A few months ago, an American satirist put out a book... I think the title was Why Vote for a Democrat, something like that. It was after the elections for president. Or, or the best reasons to vote for something like that. And this book of empty pages, right? The same idea, the same sarcasm. This book sold so... It, it made it up to the top of the Amazon within the top, I don't know, 10 or 20 of the Amazon, of all, overall Amazon, not books about politics like this made it to the top of books about the Middle East. It was so successful that a major publishing house purchased the rights from the author. It's an empty book. You know, and on that book, you have all kinds of uh, famous names, people who are commenting sort of like thoroughly researched and so forth and so on. I also believe, if I'm not mistaken, that it, it, there was a click on the on the uh, on this book, the uh, history of the Palestinian people, where you could see that it was blank pages. The book "Why Vote for a Democrat" is still up there, but this book is not. So I think it's quite obvious. This is Amazon doing the political correctness nonsense. The anti-Israel stuff. And taking off this book. That's that, I think that's what it boils down to. This is Amazon. You, you could find the most vile anti-Semitic books on, on Amazon. You know, Mein Kampf is on Amazon. Holocaust denier books are on Amazon. But this little cute gag, if you will, by a Savol from Israel, no, that they removed, and they, they don't even have the guts to stand up and tell you why they removed it. They make believe that it's a quality, oh, it was a quality control review. Oh, oh Lord, give me a break, please. We know that's not so. You, um, you know, I am an Amazon Prime member. I use them a lot. And um, I think that they may want to hear from us. So go if you are, go on there. I have an Amazon credit card. Maybe you have one too. Go on there if you're a good customer and, and, and protest. They should put the book back. Maybe somewhere it'll be written that, that the book is a, a gag book and that the pages are blank. But don't take it off. Don't take it off while you leave other similar books on your uh, on your website as a ps to this whole thing i remember years ago 
I saw a book called um, Jews, uh, the the book of Jewish sports heroes, and, and it had empty pages. But that was last generation. Today, that's not not as true anymore. I think uh, we've come some some way since then. Anyway, the idea obviously has been around for uh, for a while. Another uh, another cut. Yeah, let's do this. Another cut from Yair Levy from his album Shuvlin Shom. We played one cut from uh, him earlier. We'll play another one now. This one's called Min Again. It is uh, Yair Levy, and he is joined for this cut by Arkadi Duchen, a well-known Israeli um, artist. And we're going to share it with you here. Yair Levy off of the album Shuvlin Shom. It's available on iTunes and other places. I have no stake in it whatsoever. I just um, find uh, this young musician to be very, very capable and talented, and I want to encourage his success and encourage you to um, to enjoy his music as well. Min again, Shuvlin Shom, Yair Levy. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
עומדת בפינה, מחכה לי. אפשר לעשות כל כך הרבה ביחד, לא רק ידעתי, לנגב זה את, להוריד את החלודה. Sold. Yair Levy and Arkady, Arkady Dukhanov, the album Shuzlin Shon, that's Men Again. I'll post a link to the YouTube video of that. You can listen to it whenever you like. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Prime Minister of India's visit, but I'm not going to get to it. I, um, as we head toward the three weeks, I want to point out um, a few video presentations that are available online if you have Netflix and Amazon Prime, as I mentioned, uh, all having to do with the Holocaust. Um, I have watched them. I'll tell you briefly about them. And uh, if you want to take a look at them, I think um, these are ones you'll enjoy. One is called, it's on Netflix. We'll do all Netflix and then the one Amazon later. Netflix, uh, Defying the Nazis, The Sharps War. It's a story of A, a Christian minister, his name was Wait Still Sharp, and his wife Martha, who risked their lives to save thousands of refugees fleeing the Nazis. This is yet another story of the Hasideo Mota Ulam, whose name, until this came out, I think was not really well known to, uh, to uh, most Jews. Um, so that is um, called Defying the Nazis, the Sharps War. Um, what Our Fathers Did, A Nazi Legacy... Both of these are documentaries, the Sharps War and What Our Fathers Did a Nazi's Legacy. This one, What Our Fathers Did, is about two men who are in their 70s, I believe, or 80s, sons of high-ranking Nazi officers who were responsible for the extermination of Jews in Poland and in Ukraine. One of them takes that... Um, guilt, so to speak, very seriously. The other tries to deny it. It's, it's a bit slow, but fascinating. The Sharps War is also a bit slow, but a fascinating look at, um, at things from the side of the children of the Nazis, and as children, as we are the next generation of Holocaust survivors on the Jewish side, it is fascinating to see how they try to deal with this, and how one of them just can't. He can't bring himself to admit that his father was a, was a mass murderer. Um, Netflix streaming also has a, uh, um, a non-documentary called Woman in Gold, which uh, most people do know about. It's a very good film about stolen art during the Holocaust. And uh, Amazon Prime, if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you can see this. It's called Denial. 
And uh, it's a movie form of a book written by Deborah Lipstadt, who's a professor at Emory University. She was sued by a Nazi, uh, by a Holocaust denier. The trial took place in England. And uh, this is, she wrote a book about it, which I read, which is fascinating. And this film, if you haven't read the book and you want more information about it, the book is very good as well. We're going to end things off with uh, Yosef Kardoner and uh, Hallelujah. But before we do that, a couple of things. One is, please keep in mind for Rufo Shlema, Uri Avraham ben Elisheva. Uri Avraham ben Elisheva. Um, and a brand new offering on the Nachum Siegel Network roster. Our very own Yoni Pollock debuts a one-hour show, which will be uh, presented every Monday immediately following the Israel show. It's called After Further Review, and it's covering the latest in the world of sports. So stay tuned for that immediately after the Israel show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. As we said, coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network... After further review with Yoni Pollock, followed by an encore presentation of Headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM. In the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no. They are just running in a different race. Mm-hmm.